Three, two, one. Hello. Welcome to Background Noise. This is a podcast hosted by two best friends who love to talk. My name is Eric. My name is Casey. And today we are going to be playing a fun game. And what game yes. is that? This game is called Dead Man Walking Zombie Survival. It is a choose your own story game. Here's the summary of what's going to happen. Can you survive the zombie apocalypse? While challenging, it's not as hard as the movies would have you believe, where they always make the worst possible decisions for the sake of drama. Here, at least, you'll be offered logical choices amid the foolhardy, and your character cares about survival even more than you do. A serious game with gory detail. The objective of this game is to get the best ending, get the highest score, or kill the most zombies, or all of them. And then... The lower the amount of points you're assigned, the worse your decision, the higher, the better your decision is. Yeah. And the ending, the goal is to not get chomped. Yeah. You don't want to get chomped. To get the best ending, you don't want to get chomped at all. Okay, shall we get started? Let's get started. All right. So, the first chapter, it's called Awake. You're drifting through darkness, floating weightless in an inky black void. Slowly you realize you are not quite awake, but coming out of unconsciousness. You must have passed out for some reason. You try to sit up, but some unseen force holds your body down. With a note of frustration, you realize again that you are still not fully awake. Focusing your will, you try to start yourself awake. And for a moment, it seems to work. You sit up and look around and can see that you are in a dark tunnel with very little light. You notice a man stooped over some object to your right and try to call out to him, but your voice does not work. Regardless, the man turns to look at you, and it is then that you see it is not a man at all, but a smoky silhouette of shadow in vaguely a man-like shape. The thing sets upon you in a flash, and you feel a smothering presence overpowering you in the darkness, wrapping you up, holding you down, trying to invade you. In a panic, you jolt awake, this time for real. The first thing you notice is a a sharp stabbing pain in your head. Reaching up, you feel your hair matted in blood and grimace as you run your fingers over the jagged edges of what must surely be a serious head wound. Part of your scalp has actually been torn free of your skull and hangs in a greasy mess over your ear. That's nasty. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) You are not bleeding from the wound very much. It seems to have clotted, but you definitely should get it seen by a medical professional sooner than later. In addition, your left arm, shoulder, and side are numb. Moving them slightly, you wince at small twinges of pain here and there. I'm sorry. What are you doing? I don't know. What. Are you bored? No, I just was, I like feel like I have to do something with my hands. Okay, I'm starting that whole part over. I'm so sorry. In addition, your left arm and shoulder and side are numb. Moving them slightly, you wince. Sitting yourself up against a wall of cool, damp stone, you take in your surroundings. The floor is of hard-packed dirt with a thick layer of dust on top. And, from what you can feel, quite a bit of shattered safety glass lays around you. In the air, you smell a mix of smoke and ozone. What does ozone smell like? (laughs) I smell ozone. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Um, Air? Like when an electrical outlet, okay, all we had to do was actually read. <laughs> yeah, I was okay. about to say, honestly, all we had to do was actually like, okay, 
In the air, you smell a mix of smoke and ozone, like when an electrical outlet shorts out. That and the heavy stink of blood, your own maybe, you do seem to have lost quite a bit. And something reminiscent of burning hair. All in all, it's somewhat hard to breathe, as if you're not quite getting enough oxygen with each breath. It is very dark, but a dim greenish glow stemming from a huge mass of twisted metal before you gives enough illumination to at least make out your hand in front of your face, (laughs) as well as what's immediately around you. Looking at the mass in front of you, you can see that it is the wreckage of a subway train, or perhaps even two trains, as if one had run up into another on the same track. Now, however, the subway cars choke the dark tunnel you are in, cast zigzag across the tracks in a crumpled and jagged pile of wreckage. The green glow comes from inside the smashed train cars themselves, and you surmise that it would be illumination from the emergency exits. Looking to your right, you see a mangled body without a head. You shudder and wonder what it was you saw standing over that body in your half-conscious dream state. Thinking back, you try to remember how you could have arrived in such a predicament, but you can't get past the pain in your head. Your memory is all cloudy. How much of it have you lost? All of it, apparently. You can't even recall your own name. Looking yourself over for a clue to your own identity, you note that you are wearing reasonably savvy business attire with a gold watch. Unfortunately, the watch is broken. Its face smashed, and the hand stopped at 7.40 a.m. Checking your back pocket, you find a wallet, and upon looking inside, you find your license. Greg Bradley. This whole time, I thought we were a woman. Oh, probably not. We are a guy. Greg Bradley, you say to yourself, reading the name off the ID. The address shows a street in the suburbs. There's also... How does it show a street in the suburbs? You just know? (laughs) I thought you forgot everything. The address shows a street in the suburbs. There's also a photo of the wife and kids, you guess. The woman is is enough. (laughs) The woman 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 is is pretty enough, and there are two cute girls, a 10-year-old and a younger one, maybe seven. A twinge of frustration creeps into your mind. Why can't you remember anything? Isn't seeing things like this supposed to jar a memory or something? You take the photo out of the wallet and tuck it into your breast pocket. Checking the rest of the contents, you find a half dozen of your own business cards showing that you are an accountant for the Morgan Corporation located on the 24th floor of the Summit Tower. Also in your possession is a crushed cell phone, totally dead, and a ring of keys, including the key and fob to a Toyota, a house key, a P.O. box key, a padlock key, and what you think is an elevator key marked ST24. Your keychain also includes a small LED pen light, which upon testing in the darkness of the tunnel seems to offer minuscule comfort against the engulfing blackness. It occurs to you that you should probably find something to bandage your head with. You consider for a moment trying to use your shirt as a makeshift bandage. It seems to work in the movies. It is then that you hear the rattle of movement from within the pile of train wreckage before you followed by a long, mournful-sounding groan. Instinctively, you quickly turn off your pen light and remain still, waiting to see what is making the noise without yet revealing your presence. You don't hear the sound again and wonder if some injured person is trapped there in the twisted subway cars, waiting for you to make 
the first move. Okay, now our options. Okay. Wait quietly for help to arrive. Bind your head with cloth from your shirt. Call out to whoever is there. Try to sneak toward the source of the sound without revealing your presence. Ignore the sound and climb through the wreckage to the front of the subway train. Ignore the sound and climb through the wreckage to the rear of the subway train. Ooh, I feel like we should bind our head before we die. On? I was thinking that too. Okay, let's do that then. Okay, bind your head. As you tear some strips from your shirt, the noise seems to attract the attention of the person trapped in the train wreckage. The low, mournful groans suddenly turn into heavy, desperate, panting snarls and a flurry of rattling and shaking from that direction. Whoever is making those sounds does not sound very well off or even sane at this point. You quickly bind your head and wait to see what happens. Go to see if you can help the poor soul. Ignore the person in the wreckage and climb through the mess to the front of the subway train or do the same but to the rear. We need to get away, I Yeah, think. I think we should go to the... Where were they towards? The front or the rear? I don't know. I don't think... I think we're in the middle. But where were they? Are we going to have to go past them towards the front or past oh, them gosh. towards the back? Like, I don't remember. I don't remember, but they... we can't go back because then it would... Let's go to the rear. To the rear? Yeah. Okay. The next part is rear of train. You move quickly, ignoring the mess behind you and the throbbing pain of your injuries, making your way over and through the wreckage of the train cars that scatter the tunnel in the direction the train was coming from before the wreck. Along the way, you see dead bodies everywhere, smashed into the twisted metal of the wrecked train cars, each more gruesome than the last. Disturbingly, you also notice an unusually large amount of entrails scattered about. You somehow doubt that that many people could all have been disemboweled simultaneously by a simple train wreck. Even one as serious as this one appears to be. You're not sure, and you certainly don't want to get close enough to find out, but some of the bodies even look as if they have recently been savaged, as if by some wild animal's rending jaws. Damn, are these zombies you're dealing with? Is that possible? As you get further along, you also notice a large number of bloody footprints heading in the same direction you are going. Great. They seem to be joined by more and more footprints as you pass through one mangled subway car after another. Go back around. Like, I feel like... I know. It is not long before you get to the last car of the train you had been riding on. In walking, you surmise that you had been on the train and thrown out a window when it crashed. You must have struck your head when you landed, which knocked you out for who knows how long. On that thought, you risk approaching a random victim's arm sticking out of the wreckage to take their watch. Unlike yours, this one still works and indicates the time to be 7.55. If that is correct, and your watch indicates the time of the crash, that means you are out of it for roughly 12 hours. Wow, you'd better not go back to sleep until you can get yourself to the hospital or you might not wake up again. You also find a working cell phone in the aisle as you go and see that it still works, but there's no signal down here in the subway tunnel. Looking down the dark tunnel from the last car of your train, you wonder how long the batteries in your pen light will last. You'll also have illumination from your cell phone in a pinch, but then you have no weapons. What if you run into whatever has been shredding all these bodies? In that case, maybe you really don't want a light to see what it is with. You also see that all the bloody footprints leave the train at this point and continue down the tunnel in the direction the train was coming from. They're quickly lost, however, in the hard-packed dirt and darkness of the tunnel itself. Though, following them won't be a problem. You've got only one direction to go. Unless you want to turn around and go back the way you just came. So we have two options. We can continue down the dark tunnel in the direction the train was coming from, or head back the way you came first in the direction the train was going. Maybe you can find tools or a first aid kit at the front of the train. 
I think we should head back. I think we should head back too. Going back. Deciding that wandering down the dark tunnel in the direction of all those bloody footprints without a weapon isn't the best idea. You turn around and head back towards the front of the train. They probably keep a first aid kit and other tools in the front of each train with the driver anyway, and you can always come back this way later if you have to. Pressing forward, you cautiously pass through the scattered cars of the train with much the same scene of carnage cast before your eyes at every step. You are just getting back to where you had originally come from when you hear moaning and shuffling coming your way through the scattered debris of the train car ahead of you. Carefully moving just enough to peer around the side of the subway car, you see two more subway passengers moaning and staggering towards your general location. Something seems very wrong about them, and you notice that both look pretty mangled from the train wreck. One even appears to be hobbling along. On Quickly scanning your surroundings, you formulate a couple of quick ideas. You spot a nearby briefcase and think that you could throw it through a broken window to lure them away from you so that you can circle past them on the other side of the wreckage. If it works, you'll be able to avoid them altogether and continue on your way. At the back of the train car, you see an old man's wooden cane. If you go for that, the moaning subway passengers will arrive and see you, but you will at least have a weapon, albeit not a very great one, to fight them off with if they try anything. Our options are to throw the briefcase and try to sneak past in the distraction, or go for the cane and fight them off if you have to. I'm thinking we throw the briefcase. Me too. Okay, good. I'm glad you're not jail. Sneaking past. You toss the briefcase out the window of your car as fast as you can. It lands in the tunnel with a loud thump and slides across the hard-packed dirt. You hear the two unfortunate subway passengers grunt inquisitively and shuffle off in that direction. With that, you move out to the opposite side of the train and hurry forward away from the area. You are not far off when you clamber up and over another flattened car and come face to face with a bloody horror on the other side. Crawling toward you over the flattened subway car is a corpse, its slower half fully torn away at the waist and trailing innards behind. The thing is still alive, frothing bloody foam, frothing bloody foam at the mouth and snapping hungry jaws at you. Our options are to find a large stone to smash its head in with, flee through the wreckage to the front of the subway train. It can't follow very fast. I feel like smashing its head is going to make a noise and they'll come back. Probably. So I feel like we shouldn't just do flee. that. Yeah. Front. You run from the area and leave the crawling horror behind. At length, you arrive in that first car of the train you had been riding on and see that it is completely flattened under the rear cars of another train. It looks as if the first train was stopped on the tracks and your train somehow ran into the back of it at a rather high rate of speed, it would seem. You won't be able to get anything useful from here, so you move on. Hopefully the front of the other train fared better than this one. After a while, you finally arrive at the head of the first train. Unlike your train, the first car of this train is relatively intact. You know that at the very front of the train is a control room, which hopefully will have at least a first aid kit, and if you're lucky, a working radio. As you approach, you see that more bloody footprints leave the train at this point to continue down the tunnel in the direction the train is headed. There are significantly more tracks going in this direction than were headed down the tunnel at the other end of the train. And as before, they are quickly lost in the hard-packed dirt and darkness of the tunnel itself. And we only have one option, to search the train's control room before deciding. Control room. The door to the train's control room is locked, but you are able to go outside and pull the smashed remains of the train car's windshield out, allowing you to climb inside. When the train was hit from behind, it caused the cars of both trains to accordion together, sending them sliding almost sideways down the tunnel into each other until the, this particular car got wedged in a narrow spot and 
caused the massive and jagged pileup behind it. As you enter the control room, you see that the driver of the train has been crushed to death by the front of the train as it smashed into the side of the tunnel and got wedged in. You try not to look too closely at his flattened and gore-drained shell or the pool of mess under what's left of his seat. Checking the area, you see a map of the train lines on one wall and note that the train was headed into the city before it crashed. That makes sense to you as you would have been traveling from your house in the suburbs to your office in the city during the morning rush. Looking around some more, you find a well-stocked first aid kit, a proper flashlight, a crowbar, some signal flares, a large fire extinguisher, and work and working CB radio. You also find the train's operator's book bag with his lunch in it and help yourself to the contents, seeing as he won't miss it anytime soon. You're actually surprised that it tastes so good, given that you're eating it in a small room with a horribly mangled corpse just a few feet away. After eating, you wrap your wounds in proper bandages and down a couple of pain pills and a no dose. No sleep? Yeah, I'm assuming. No sleeper for me. But I feel like that's a weird way to say it. You're pretty sure you don't want to fall asleep in here. Regardless of the head injury, you definitely don't feel safe down here in this tunnel of death. Packing the first aid kit, flashlight, and signal flares in the book bag, you heft the crowbar in your hand and check out the CB radio. Unfortunately, it's not the portable kind, but definitely worth trying to call for help on. You consider trying to take the large fire extinguisher, but are not sure about the weight versus utility. It can wait until you're ready to leave, so you decide to address it again after trying the radio. And our only option is to try the CB radio. Okay. Radio. After a while, trying the current channel with no response, you try calling out on the other channels. Just as you are ready to give up, you dial channel 7 and hear a voice answer you on the other end. Help, I've been in a subway train crash, you say over the comm. This is Officer Main on the 3rd Precinct. Who is this? Over. Uh, my name is Greg Bradley. You identify yourself. I'm on a wrecked subway car down in the tunnels. I don't know where exactly. Everyone on board is either dead or gone. You hear an awkward pause on the other end of the comm, and then Officer Main's voice comes back on, slow and grim. Listen, Greg, there's no easy way to tell you this, but the whole world has gone to crap. Just like the train down there, some sort of terrorist bioweapon released on the city this morning, a poison gas or virus or the like. It causes those exposed to suffer death-like symptoms, including a semi a semi rigor mortis-like state, and then they go crazy with cannibalistic rage, just like zombies in the movies. And like the movies, you got to hit them in the head and destroy their brain in order to put them down for good. Also, if you get bit by one, you got roughly 10 minutes before you're one of them yourself. Though I did heard this one guy actually lasted three hours before he changed. You haven't been bitten now, have you? He asks, pausing for a reply. No, I say quickly, not wanting to lose contact with what could possibly be the last living soul in the city. All right then, Officer Main continues. Here's what you need to do. Follow the tracks to the first station and get to the streets above. The first thing you need to do is avoid contact with any zombies. Next, you need to get your bearings and know where you are in the city. Get a street map if you can. 
Then find a pry bar or a tire iron or a tire iron and drop yourself into the nearest center of the city manhole cover. It has to be one in the center of a main street, not a side street or manhole cover near the curb. You'll need the tire iron to lever up the 175 pound manhole cover. Obviously, a light is going to be handy down there too. You still with me? He asks. Uh, yeah, I understand. You reply, more than a little apprehensive, about some plan to go down into more dark tunnels with ravening cannibalistic zombies lurking about. Good, he continues. Once inside, set the manhole cover back behind you. This should keep the zombies from following you in. Unless you really piss them off for some reason, there shouldn't be any zombies in the sewer tunnels. Or if there are, there will be a hell of a lot less in there than on the streets. Once in the main sewer line, follow it just like you would the streets above to our precinct house here on 3rd and Spring Street. You'll see street names marked at each intersection of the tunnels and they run directly under the center of most streets. When you get to 3rd and Spring Street, you'll need to be careful. The zombies are thick in this area and we're nice and safe here in our precinct house. Like a fortress here and well armed, so you don't got to worry once you're inside. You just have to make a dash from the street to the door is all. You are good at running, right? Over. Why? Like, he hasn't said over, like, said the first time. I know, just once. I'm injured, got a head wound, you reply. But I suppose I can run a short distance. All right. What about the hospitals, though? I think I really need medical attention rather quickly. Uh, over. No, don't go to any hospital. They are all overrun with the dead and undead. We have medical supplies here and a triage unit with doctors and a surgeon. You get yourself here and we can help you. You hear? Yeah, thanks for the information. I'll try to get to you, you say. Not really certain about it just yet. Good luck. Over. Comes back the final reply. And our only option is to take a moment to give thought to the situation. I feel like that's a whole lot of steps. Do you think we can remember them? After giving it some thought, you conclude that you now have a number of things to consider. If the city really is overrun with zombies, you'll need more than a crowbar to survive. (laughs) Okay, you need real medical attention pretty soon, too. The third precinct seems to offer both and is in the direction the train was going. Then there's your home and family. You don't remember anything Leave of them. them. <laughs> but perhaps seeing one of them in person will trigger the return of your memories. You know they must love you and wonder if they are safe. Has the attack spread into the suburbs or is it contained in the city? What if it spreads further? Is this the only city to be attacked or are there more cities across the country facing the zombie threat? You're not entirely sure how far your home is from the city, but you think that you just had over a 40-minute commute. Yeah, that sounds right. You try to work out in your head how far that would be in miles if you estimate the average speed of the train. When it occurs to you just to look at the line map on the wall of the control room, there you see that your suburb is 26 miles away from Summit Station. You presume in their Summit Tower where you work. Taking the green line from Summit Station to Fairmont Station, and from there the yellow line to Suburbia Station, Now all you need to know is where on the green line you are currently, which you won't find out until you walk in one direction or the other to a station. Looking at your new watch, you see that it is now 9.05pm. With this weighing on your mind, you take the heavy fire extinguisher and continue heading further into the city in the direction the train was going. Leave the heavy fire extinguisher and continue heading further into the city. Take the heavy fire extinguisher and head back the way you came in the direction the train was coming from. Or leave the fire extinguisher and head back the way you came. 
I don't think we should head back the way we came. I don't think so. I think we should go to the city. I feel like, though, if it's giving us the option for the extinguisher, is there going to be a fire that we can't get through or something? Ooh, maybe. Or is yeah. it just another weapon? Maybe just a weapon. I think let's bring it. Can we ever, like, get rid of it? I don't know. We might be in jail forever. I feel like we, if it's he's heavy, so medically, fact- he needs medical attention that the heaviness is going to weigh him down I, yeah, and make was, him more tired. I think you're probably right. The fact that it's also saying, leave the heavy fire extinguisher. Mm-hmm. I think let's not bring it, but let's head into the city. Yeah. Leave the fire extinguisher and continue heading further into the city. Yeah. Zombies. Leaving the wrecked subway train, you move carefully through the silent darkness of the tunnel. Heading further into the city after moving... I read that weird. After moving without incident for 20 minutes, you suddenly hear a low moaning from ahead and feel your heart begin to race. You really want to turn out your light and hide, but you need to see. You ready your crowbar and risk shining your light up the tunnel at the source of the sound. There, you see two mangled subway passengers shuffling towards you. Obviously undead, they react to the light instantly and growl loudly, beginning a clumsy trot toward you on their zombie stiff legs. One of them looks like a businessman in a once fine suit, and the other is a teenage girl with long, sandy blonde hair wearing loose jeans and striped t-shirt. The girl also carries a broken coffee mug in one hand, probably not even realizing that she is doing so. The man looks bit up pretty bad, but the teen girl only has a large gash across her stomach, where you can see some of her insides. Yeah, only. You don't actually see any bites on her, and the gash looks like something you'd get from a train rack, rather than a zombie. It makes you wonder how the hell she became a zombie in the first place, but you really don't have time to give it much thought. I really think we have to go that way. Okay, so flee back the way you came. You should be able to outrun them as long as you don't trip up on the tracks or attack them with our crowbar. I feel like... Just attack them with our crowbar. Bit. Holding your flashlight in one hand and the crowbar in the other, you take a defensive stance and steal yourself for the onslaught. Luckily for you, the businessman zombie stumbles on the track as it approaches, slowing it down enough to line the two of them up nicely, rather than having to take them both at once. Also lucky for you, zombies aren't much for defending themselves. As the teen zombie reaches for you with both hands, you simply swing the crowbar over its arms and smash it solidly in the head. There's a loud crack, and it reels back in a spray of blackish blood. Still on its feet, though, you don't want to give it a chance to recover and dropping your light, you use both hands to clobber it again. This time the side of its skull caves in with a wet crunch, and it falls for good. The other zombie, meanwhile, is on you with surprising speed, actually grabbing you before you can do more than raise the weighty crowbar up above your head again. You try to smash it, but it's in so close at this point that all you can do is get your crowbar down between the two of you before it can tear into your neck with its teeth. You see an opening and take it, slamming the chisel end of the crowbar suddenly into the thing's chest, hoping to drive it back enough to to give you a chance to take the proper swing again. Unfortunately, the sharp end of the crowbar buries itself in the zombie's sternum and sticks fast. You don't want to lose your only weapon against a fate worse than death, so you keep hold of it and try to use your foot to shove the monster back and pull the crowbar free. That's when the miserable thing sinks its teeth into your arm, ripping free a jagged chunk of meat, as it more or less is bent over at the waist rather than actually being pushed back. You can't help but scream more in sudden panic for your life than out of pain. Though your arm does hurt badly and tin- tingles with an odd burning sensation where you bit it. What? Where, you... where you were bit. <laughs> Having managed to free the crowbar from the zombie's chest, you ha- still have it holding you in its grip. Although right now it's busy swallowing a portion of your arm. 
This being your only chance, you bring up your other foot and shove it back with both feet, sending it tumbling backward over the tracks. While you fall backward, while you fall backward with an ungraceful thud. Damn, the wrestlers on TV make it look so easy. Not wasting a moment, you spring up and dash to the zombie before it can right itself and give it the hardest double overhead swing you can muster just as it looks up at you. The force of the blow instantly crushes its head down to its nasal cavity and showers you in an explosion of the contents. <laughs> the once unfortunate subway passenger falls limply to the ground while you double over to empty your stomach. Once you stop heaving, you do what you can to wipe off your face and go to retrieve your flashlight. Your option is to bandage yourself and continue on. Are you okay? No, we got bit, so now we can't win. It didn't say that. Basically. Okay, the next one is rails. You cautiously move through the silence of the tunnel, listening carefully as you go. You'd rather be anywhere else in the world than right here. And the temptation just to give up, lie down, and die is almost overwhelming. You've never been prone to anxiety attacks, but this certainly has you on the edge. After traveling for what you thought was at least an hour, you look at your watch and see that it hasn't even been a full 30 minutes. Time flies when you're having fun, you think sarcastically. Another five minutes or so of plodding along, you begin to think you can see a dull light in the tunnel way up ahead. Turning your own light out momentarily confirms this as you definitely see a dull white glow in the tunnel. Maybe a station, you hope. Whatever it is, you're still a ways off, perhaps a quarter mile or so. Your only option is to continue towards the station. I'm mad. I know. I don't want to be bit. Well, maybe we didn't really get bit. <laughs> yeah, we did! Am I undead? As you walk toward the light at the end of the tunnel, it seems to never get any closer. Dang, how far away is it? That is when you realize that you have been dragging your feet as you walk recently. More stumbling forward, actually, than what could truly be considered a walk. Your muscles all feel tight, and you are incredibly weak and tired. Like your wounds and exhaustion are finally hitting you all at once. You stop and steady yourself on the wall of the tunnel. A moment as your head swims and you nearly pass out. Nice. You can see the light at the end of the tunnel and now you're going to pass out. And get eaten by wandering zombies before you even make it. Typical. You've <laughs> already been eaten. Huh? He's already been eaten. Oh. You begin to wonder if this is the zombie contagion at work. You have been bit after all. Are you really going to die and rise up as a brain-eating monster? Yuck. You never did like the thought of eating brains or livers or that other disgusting stuff people eat sometimes. Hell, you can't even swallow sushi without gagging. Yeah, you'll make a real classy zombie, you think sarcastically to yourself gagging on other people's brains. After another flash of near unconsciousness, you desperately look around the tunnel for some place of refuge to sit and weather out the storm, or at least a place to die in peace. You'd much rather be munched on by zombies when dead than to have them find and eat you alive. You find nothing significant, just an old sheet of heavy plywood leaned up against the side of the tunnel with nothing more than that and unconsciousness threatening to overtake you at any moment. You make do, as best as you can, with what you have. You pull the bottom of the plywood sheet out a few feet from the wall, making a place behind that you can crawl into. You quickly do some math in your head. No problem. You're pretty sure zombies don't do math. Small blessing. Looking up the length of the subway tunnel, you still see the light there at the end. Gathering your gear, you... 
The only option is to continue toward the station. Subway Station North. So he's like a meme or something. Apparently. And he just gets bit a million times. Once, but yeah. Eventually, you approach the opening at the end of the tunnel, where it empties into a large underground subway station. Your heart sinks as you draw near and hear the echoing of a large mass of zombies from within. You hover in the darkness of the tunnel, carefully venturing forward just enough to get a look inside. A hundred and some of the former subway passengers, all trapped in the rush hour mob and unable to escape the initial outbreak, pack the area. Half of the landing platform itself and half down on the tracks. Those on the tracks look a lot worse for wear, most torn up from the subway crash you just came from, or even other crashes further up ahead. They moan and snarl at each other, jostling and crowding toward the edge of the loading platform, trying most ineffectually at climbing up the four-foot ledge. Occasionally, one does manage to get up, but is quickly pulled back down by the rest trying to climb up over its back. You are reminded of a bucket of crabs. You remember once seeing one in Maine. There's another memory. You don't need to put a lid on a bucket full of crabs. They all try to climb up over each other. The moment one gets to the top, it is collectively grabbed by the rest and dragged back down to the bottom of the bucket. You snap out of your reflection and focus on the area itself. The zombies don't see you yet, and you doubt they'd hear you over the clamor. Unless you did something to intentionally attract their attention. The station is large and tiled, with a high vaulted ceiling and a large placard reading, Fox Park Station. You see that the light is coming from a large number of battery-powered emergency lights along the top of the walls. You also see, just beyond the crowded landing platform, two exits. The first is a turnstile gate at your end of the platform with an escalator, a set of stairs going up on the other side. The second is an open set of stairs and an escalator at the far end of the platform beyond all the zombies. On the track level itself are two sets of rails, both empty of any trains. Apparently, the platform side is for stopping, while the other track is for passing through. As the trains all go the same way before the tunnels, you know there must also be another tunnel and station nearby for the trains going in the opposite direction. Typically, it would be close enough that you could buy a ticket in the terminal above the tunnels and then simply come down the right set of escalators to your platform. You spot a dingy red metal door in the outer wall of the tunnel opposite the landing platform. While the light's not great, there's enough that you can make out the words on its surface, railway workers only. As you stand in the shadows of the tunnel looking over the scene, you also spot a four foot long piece of heavy planking lying on the ground where you would exit the tunnel. You'll have to be sure not to trip over it when you are ready to go. Man, there are a lot of zombies in here. Given that, you think over your options. The open stairs and escalator at the far end of the landing platform is a no-go. Way too many zombies to get past even to think about it. Then there is the turnstile exit gate with the escalator and stairs on the other side. The problem with that is to get... To the stairs, you'll have to hop onto the landing platform with hundreds of zombies and make it to the turnstile exit gate and jam it before they swarm you. There's also the matter of the turnstiles being one way. 
If there are zombies on the other side of it, you won't be able to come back the way you came. The red door option on the other side of the tunnel would be much easier to get to. But if you're detected, the zombies on the tracks will move after you and block your way to the tunnels. You don't even know if it's locked or even goes anywhere. For all you know, it may just be an access door to firefighting equipment. Though you would think it would say so if that was the case. You could also try to sneak past the horde altogether while not while they are distracted. In order to continue further down the tunnels toward the center of the city, if the rest of the stations are like this one, then you'll have to deal with getting out of the tunnels sooner or later. You could also just turn around and head back the way you came, trying instead to leave the city altogether rather, rather than move any deeper into it. After weighing your odds, you... Make a run for the turnstile gate through the zombie horde. Use the heavy plank like a battering ram to both rush your way through the zombie horde to the turnstile gate. Try to sneak unnoticed to the red metal door. Try to sneak unnoticed through the station to the other side of the tunnel and keep going on. Turn around and head back the way you came. Okay, I let's think of what could be possible consequences for each one, I think. So... If we made a run for the turnstile gate through the zombie horde, we're going to get It's a attacked. horde of zombies. He's going to get swarmed. So yeah. absolutely not. Not that one. Um, using a heavy plank. Absolutely I don't like not. that because I feel like they can still... The same thing. Yeah, they're going to attack you. Um, sinking to the red metal door is a possibility. That one makes, like, the railway workers only. That could be, like, a bathroom. Like, I'm... Like, you know what I mean? We're like, that locked. could be... Like he said. Yeah, like it could be locked. I think... So, Sneaking the only thing the that makes side, me want to keep going is because he needs medical attention so bad. Yeah. But Otherwise, I, I would go back. I feel like... Head towards home. But do we know where his home is? He should get out of the is? city. Have you, ever, have you seen all the movies? Yeah, the cities are always the worst. Cities are the worst because there's more. People. Maybe we should head out of the city. But I don't know if that's the right thing because he needs medical attention. Okay, so should we do the try to sneak unnoticed through the station to the other side of the tunnel and keep on going? Or try to sneak to the door? I honestly don't. Any mini? What do you think? I think it should be between those two. The red door might get us into a different hallway away from zombies. Or it could be locked and then it gets the zombies' attention. Maybe let's try the red metal door. We've been bit already. We can't win as the most. Oh my gosh. <laughs> He's immune or something. Yeah, or maybe the other guy, maybe not everyone there is a zombie. Maybe it was just a cannibal. That was a zombie. <laughs> I know. Anyway, red metal door? Yeah, let's see the or red this metal. One. The door. Red. red door. Taking a breath and stealing your nerves, you move out from the shadows and walk nonchalantly into the station along the far wall, hoping the zombies won't even notice you. Maybe if you move slowly enough, they'll think you're one of them. You get about halfway to the red door when you notice that you have caught the attention of some of the zombies on the landing platform. Well, those on the tracks are still looking the other way as they continue to scrabble at the platform ledge. Those that see you, however, move your way and are joined by others until they reach the edge of the landing platform. You keep going the same pace for now, not wanting to get the zombies down on the tracks alerted as well. That is when those that see you on the platform walk off the edge, falling into the zombies' crowd below. So... The ones that saw us fell below. As they do and scramble back to their feet, the zombies on the ground begin to notice you too. 
Oh, it's only a matter of moments before you'll have the entire zombie horde after you. You pick up your pace a bit, but fight the urge to outright sprint for fear of alerting the zombies currently looking away from you, which for now impede the progress of the others heading your way. By the time you get to the red door, the rest of the zombies have finally turned and the entire mass is shambling after you with hungry moans. Looking, you see that the red door has no lock but appears to be shut tight. North Tunnel. You can guess that the south station and subway platform is on the other side of the opposite door and probably just as zombie infested as the north station was. Also in the area is a large collection of unknown machinery and a giant spool of old-fashioned canvas fire hose. You don't see anywhere to hook the hose up to and it's far too brittle to use anymore but you do notice a fire axe on a wall not too far from you next to a large fire extinguisher. Looking to the far end of the area, you see a green illuminated exit sign over an open doorway with a set of stairs leading up beyond. The first thing you have to do is get this door secure. You see that you could thread your crowbar through the door handle to bar it crudely from the inside. That, or you could use a fire axe in a similar fashion. You think you can stretch far enough to reach it without letting go of your current hold on the door handle. Or you could just let go of the door and dash for the stairs. So our options are to use your crowbar to secure the door, secure the door with a fire axe, or make a break for it. I feel like we could use the crowbar and get the axe for our weapon. Okay. That's a so good idea. put the crowbar since you don't have to like Reach try to get something else. Possibly not be able to reach it. I think that's a good idea. We definitely should not make a break for it. No, I think we need to shut the door first. And we should never make stupid decisions because I'm not about to be bit again. Honest. Crowbar. You bar the door with the crowbar and cautiously step away from it after you're sure that it will hold. It occurs to you to secure the other door as well, but you have a moment to look around and find some lengths of old iron piping behind the machinery. Taking two lengths of it, you not only secure the opposite door, but are able to swap out the crowbar at the first door with the iron piping, giving you the option to take the crowbar with you if you want. Now that you have both doors barred from this side, you don't have to worry about the zombies coming in through them. That still leaves the open doorway and stairs leading up, however. Who knows how many zombies are at the top of those stairs. As that is currently your only way out, as that is currently your only way out, it occurs to you to scout up the stairs first before spending any length of time down there. You also take a moment to weigh the option of carrying a crowbar versus fire axe. Both are useful but heavy, and you don't want to get loaded down with too much as you're already fatigued and want to be able to move fast when you have to. The crowbar offers a little more utility than the fire axe, but also has less reach. You're pretty sure, however, that a weapon like the fire axe will do more damage, but you can also envision it getting stuck in some zombie's skull if you're not careful. Given that, you choose the fire axe and go scout the stairs with the option of returning here if it's secure. Choose the crowbar and scout. Choose the fire axe and search the room area now before heading up the stairs. Choose the crowbar and search. Okay, so here's my thought. I Honestly, you go, actually. I think the crowbar could be used to open the sewer, the manhole. Because remember, he said get something like a pipe or a tire iron to open the manhole. I bet a crowbar would help us open the manhole to get into the sewers. The, but I feel like the fire axe can too. How? The handle. And then you push on the other part. The handle into the hole. I feel like choose the fire axe and go scout with the stairs as an option of returning here. We don't have an option to return if we choose the crowbar. Wait, I think we do. I think it's just ditto. I think it's and go scout the stairs. Choose the crowbar and scout. Choose the fire axe and search the room. Then let's just, let's choose the crowbar and scout. Secure stairs. You ready your weapon and head cautiously. Cautiously. <laughs> you, <laughs> 
you ready your weapon and head cautiously up the stairs, not wanting to get surprised by anything or inadvertently trapped down here if you can help it. The stairwell itself is dark. The emergency lighting here begins to wane. Using your flashlight, you make sure... <laughs> I just can't talk, so it's like funny. I don't think you like me today. Why? You're just like... <laughs> <laughs> Using your flashlight, you make sure nothing is lurking under the steps, and then head up. The stairs climb at least 60 feet to a landing at the top. Light shines into the area at the top of the stairs. <laughs> Why did you say it like that? I think this is your last one, and it's my turn. <laughs> so sorry. Light shines into the area at the top of the stairs. I don't like me. Through a small window and a closed still door. <laughs> Why? The only access to a stairwell. <laughs> why do you say these things? Stairwell. I said that. Yeah, and why are you laughing? What are you doing? <laughs> this needs to be ended and you need to start over. You move to the door and see that it is a security door. Locked on the other side with a push pin key lock. You can move it freely from here on the inside, but you'll need the four-pin key code to open it again when from the outside, should you leave, unless you prop it open, or the like. Looking through the window, you see a long corridor on the other side, lit by emergency lighting. A number of office doors, some open and some closed, line each side, while what's left of the two mangled corpses litter the hallway, in a splattering of gore, as you look, you see a zombie stumble out of one of the office doors to wander aimlessly down the hallway from you. Now that it's safe, go back down, search the room below for anything useful. Wait for the zombie to leave and then go into the corridor to search the area, propping the door open. Wait for the zombie to leave and then open the door to figure out the lock first so you can close it behind you when you leave and still have access. Wait for the zombie to leave, and then just exit and close the door behind you. I feel like we should go back and look for anything I useful. I think we should, yeah. Search. You go back down the stairs into the room below and check the barred doors. You no longer hear any zombies trying to claw their way in and give a sigh of relief. <sighs> they must have forgotten what they were after and wandered away. Taking a look around... You find some items of potential use. The first thing is a working deep sink along one wall. You know that the water in the lines can become contaminated in a citywide disaster. But you figure the water this far down is probably still safe. You take the risk and gulp down the rusty tasting water until you're filled. Okay. Then after splashing some on your face to wake yourself up more fully, you find a hundred foot coil of three-quarter inch hemp rope on a pile of old tarps. The rope is a little heavy, but you find that you can easily carry the coil across your shoulder. Why don't you put it in the backpack you're wearing? Huh? He's wearing a backpack. As of when? Since we took it from the crushed train driver. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. So sorry. Yeah, honestly, like, we don't need to carry it. Just put it in your back. Like Sims do. And decide. Put it in your back pocket. 
and decide that it is it will be worth having. Most of the tarps are too big and brittle from age to be of use, but you do find a smaller 8 by 10 foot plastic tarp under the pile in good condition and are able to fold it up small enough to take with you. You also find a relatively clean section of canvas, canvas tarp and tear some strips out of it to use as bandages for your wounds. Doesn't he still have the first aid kit? Why would you yeah, leave that? I, I don't know. You consider your... You consider cleaning your head wound in the sink, but figure the dried mat of blood is probably the only thing keeping you from bleeding to death and and decide to leave it alone, except to wrap it a little more with a strip of canvas. Finally, you discover an old vintage Pepsi machine in the corner. It looks like something out of the 70s and has no soda in it, but you do find three empty Pepsi bottles on the floor nearby. The old kind with extra thick glass. Taking the bottles, you fill them up with water and cork them with balled up strips of tarping. Looking for, looking at your heavy fire extinguisher and all the rest of your gear you want to carry, you decide that it really isn't worth lugging and leave it. Leave what? Leave the water? No, the heavy fire we extinguisher. We didn't take the heavy fire extinguisher. We left the fire extinguisher in the train. We left it. No, there was another one in this room. Oh. Gathering your gear, you then head up. You head back up the stairs and look through the glass window of the security door. You don't see any zombies about, so you enter the corridor to search the area for an exit, keeping the door to the stairs propped open just in case. Open the door and try to figure out the lock first so you can leave, you can close it behind so you when you leave but still have access. Just leave and close the door behind you. I feel like, do we really have to figure out the lock? I don't think so. Just keep it propped open? Yeah. Okay. Corridor. The corridor leading away from the secured stairwell is lined with a number of offices used by the transit authority. You briefly look through each of them as you head down the corridor, but find nothing of particular use and no other exits. Seeing some of the desks with photos of the owners, loved ones, on them reminds you of your own desk at work you had a picture of your wife and kids on it you hope they are all still alive too bad for the folks in these offices you think to yourself you doubt any of them made it out of here before being mauled to death by zombies or worse becoming one of them at the end of the office corridor is a short hallway going left and right to your right the hallway goes about 15 feet and ends at another push pin security door this one, however, is broken open, hanging off the bottom hinge and bent outward slightly. To your left, the hallway goes another 15 feet to a, a set of private restrooms, men and women's at the far end. Check out the broken security door or check out the bathrooms. I don't think we need to check out the bathrooms. Like, why would you go to the bathrooms? You just were in a sink. You just used a sink. I feel like you didn't go to the bathrooms. I think let's check out the broken security door. Horde. Moving to the broken security door, you carefully look through and you can see into the subway's main corridor. This is the wide concrete and tile entry into the subway itself. And you can actually see the exit to your right, beyond a bank of narrow tokened operated turnstiles. Unfortunately, a huge mass of zombies crowd the area. 
both in front of the turnstiles and on the other side, where the tunnel itself simply opens without walls to the outside. You stifle a gag as the smell of blood and death is overpowering here. Looking at the floor of the main corridor, you shiver to see hundreds of ripped open and dismembered bodies lying in sticky footprint-tracked pools of maggot and fly-infested blood. (laughs) That's nasty. jail nasty. You force yourself to ignore the nauseating massacre and take in the more pertinent details of the scene. Between you and the exit to your right, about 50 feet away, is a set of opposing stairs. The signs above the stairways read North Platform and Exit Only, respectively. You know, they would take you back down to the subway zombie-infested northbound platform, from whence you just recently escaped. To your left, the subway's main corridor goes about 50 or so feet and ends at another set of opposing stairs, where a much smaller group of 10 or 12 zombies mill about. The signs about these stairways read South Platform and Exit Only. These would take you down to the subway southbound platform, no doubt just as zombie-infested as the north platform was. When we were in that room, they should have given us the option to, like, peek in and see. Yeah, before just going all the way in I would have peeked the door, in. I'd have been like, okay. And then if, like, I caught the attention, I would bar the door again. Yeah. Directly across the main corridor from you are two sets of doors. The first door is a security door, closed and locked with a pushpin key lock and reads security office on the front. Next to the door itself is a huge smashed out window, creating a six foot wide, four foot high, opening into the security area beyond. The bloody body of a security guard hangs out of the window frame. The back half of his head apparently blown out from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Below, that means he has a gun. Oh, below the window frame is a scattering of broken glass and a bloody pile of corpses. Some you know with huge holes in their heads as well. You also think you can see the pistol the guard might have used to blow his brains out. Lying in the gore, inside the security room itself, you can see at least three zombies on the other side of the open window frame. Idling inside amid a toppled collection of broken and dead security monitors. The second set of doors... About 30 feet further down the tunnel from the security office are the doors to the men and women's public restrooms. Given the circumstances, you have to rule out the exit. There is no way you're going to be able to get through all the zombies. They would tear you apart like all the, the other unfortunates that now litter the floor. There is no point in going back down to either subway platform. That would be Suicide. You really don't have to go to the bathroom all that bad, so there's no point getting trapped in a restroom. Besides, you can think of a lot more pleasant places to be killed by zombies anyway. That only leaves going back the way you came and trying to find another way out. Of course, if you can get the gun first, that might help. You think you might be able to sneak across the corridor to get the gun, but if you're seen, you'll have another giant zombie horde after you. Given the... Given the distance between both groups of zombies and the gun across the main corridor from you, however, you estimate that you can easily get the gun and back before the zombies can get to you, even if they spot you. Just head back. It's too dangerous. Try to sneak across the main corridor, get the gun, and then sneak back. Screw it. Just run over and get the gun and run back. I feel like we should just sneak. Yeah, I think sneak. 
And then... Sneak a snack. That's where we'll end today. <laughs> we will have another episode soon. Thanks for listening. And see we you guys next time. hope you enjoyed. And we'll see you next time. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Three, two, one. Hello. Welcome to Background Noise. This is a podcast hosted by two best friends who love to talk. I'm sorry. Oh. It's okay. We can edit it. Yeah. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Hello. Welcome to Background Noise. This is a podcast. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Is this going to be bloops? Yeah, let's just do bloops. (laughs) Search. (laughs) I knew it. I just, I don't know why that was funny to me. It just was, you know? You go back. Search. Oh my heavens. I don't say anything ever again. This is a good blooper. Okay. I need to throw up. Please don't. (laughs) My gosh. I really hope you don't. That sounds awful. (laughs) If you throw up on me, I will throw up all over your computer. So, tell you. And I'll do it on purpose, my guy. Like, on. I wouldn't purposely throw up on you. I know. I wouldn't purposely throw up on your computer.